0: Welcome to the Speak the Language podcast coming at you from inside the Kudzu Camp House as we watch it. Monsoon, tsunami, hurricane, whatever you want to call it outside, which is obviously keeping us out of the turkey woods, which is where we've been spending the vast majority of our time lately. So a lot to catch all up on and what has all happened in the past seven days. It's always crazy to think about what all can happen transpire in just a week's time but before we get to that uh, a couple things to go over first first the primos youtube channel we're uploading new content on there, turkey episodes that y'all been asking for for a very long time um and so you can check those out now go to youtube type in primos hunting which should be the first one to pop up also check out uh, our shows on Outdoor channel always new stuff coming on there um, some exciting stuff going on at primos.com first off we can save you some money as uh there's a lot of folks there's a lot of you know places in the country that are just now opening or uh their season for spring turkey hasn't opened yet and so a lot of folks are trying to pick up turkey gear be it uh, last minute turkey gear or whether you're still getting a little um preemptive strike on the turkey gear you can save some money right now at primos.com um with the promo code spring 22 that'll save you 15 percent off any regularly priced item um also check out the primo select series of calls i'm super excited about these. Um, I'm not lying, g- genuinely not lying when I say uh, this is the most excited I've been about something we've come out with probably at least in the last five years because um, the Primo Select line of calls, uh, it has a lot of different things. In one way, we're bringing back some some Primo's originals, so to speak, like we're coming back out with uh, the original Heartbreaker uh, the Little Heartbreaker, we're also coming out back out with the Jackpot Slate call. That was always a favorite. That's, that's my favorite pot call that we make is the Jackpot Slate. Um, also coming back out with the Freak Pot Call. Um, some of y'all may not remember that one. That one's from way back. The Freak Pot Call was like the first, I think, I want to say the Freak was the first Primo's call that I bought with my own money when I was a, a kid. Uh, but that one's really cool. And then, so we've got like those throwback calls, but then we've also got the primo select mouth yelpers. And what's special about those is that, um, you know, we took the entire team really like myself, Jordan, Brad, Will, uh, so on and so forth. And we, we got with the guys, uh, the call builders, and we really, really worked on building, um, these specific calls, you know, just, just really taking our time Uh, more so than we have in any other calls that that we've done since I've been here. Um, So check those out, uh, the new Primo Select Mouth Yelpers as well. We've got PS1, PS2, PS3, and PS4. PS4 is personally my favorite. All those are available right now at Primos.com, and you can check those out. And uh, I think that's it. Uh, Oh, oh, On X Hunt. I can't talk about spring turkey hunt without talking about Onyx Hunt. I dare you to find an app that's more helpful in the spring turkey woods than Onyx Hunt. Um, We use it literally every day, multiple times a day. So um, you can save some money on your Onyx Hunt subscription, on your Onyx Hunt membership. You can use the promo code PRIMOS20, and that will save you 20% off. Uh, I highly su- suggest you give Onyx a try. Um, if you're not sure if you want the elite membership yet, you can go the premium membership. Like if you, you know, it, it'll give you one state. But nevertheless, I mean, y- you've heard us talk about it on this podcast before. Uh, Onyx has so many applications, so many applications in, in ways that it can help you. Uh, my favorite thing currently with them, the, like new thing that they've just came out with, it's like a, um, it's like a tree filter. I know that's probably not like the actual term, but basically, um, what it does is you can turn this filter on, um, on, on a landscape. Let's say you're looking at a, a lease that you have or, or whatever, and you can see it'll, that filter will identify areas of different timber types. What's, uh, and the way that helps you like in spring turkeys, you've heard us talk about it before is turkeys will key in on transitions. Um, and so used to, uh, you would like have to zoom in and find these transition lines. Sometimes they were easy to see, but with this filter, it makes it very easy. And what I did when they first came out with it is I thought immediately about a spot that Brad and I killed a turkey at at Kudzu last spring. And uh, right, I mean, I think I filmed an Instagram story with it. But but the, the, the significance of it is we killed the, that turkey pretty much right on like a hard transition line, came out of a big hardwood creek drainage up into some... Um, I say young pines, not like thicket pines, but you know, smaller stage pines enough where the, the turkeys were using them to, to, to travel through and everything. But the, the transition was, was very defined, very easy to pick up on. And so I pulled that spot up on Onyx and turned that filter on and it was, uh, it was very accurate. So again, I know I went on a little bit of a spiel there, but I'm, I, I can talk forever about Onyx because I see, uh, so clearly how, how much it's helped us. And I think it could help you. So again, uh, promo code Primos20 save you some money on on x be sure to check that out and i believe that is it we can get into the topic of today's show so the last time we talked uh there's there's been a lot that's happening i've got three main topics really to go over today one is our time last week with myself wilbur and clay newcomb from meat eater um last week i kind of alluded that we had someone coming in i didn't say who it was yet but uh, clay newcomb came down i'm sure a lot of y'all probably know who he is um Arkansas guy, big bear hunting guy, uh, meat eater, so on and so forth. But anyhow, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the hunt I had with my older brother on Saturday, and then we're going to end it with a hunt that Brad and I had at a spot that he's got yesterday morning. Um, so yeah, let's just take it from the top. Um, Clay traveled down, Will traveled up. We met at Kudzu. I was already here. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I had very, very high hopes because, um, the morning that Will and Clay were both coming in, I went out and listened and, um, heard four different turkeys and, and I mean, I went to two different areas, but I didn't cover cumulatively. I did not cover a big area of kudzu when I was going out and listened. So I was very encouraged, um, uh, at one hearing four turkeys and at two, the, um, just how much they were gobbling. So, um, you know, that's why I was telling Will, I was telling Clay, I was like, man, you know, nothing, especially in, you know, in this state, nothing is guaranteed with turkey hunting, but I, you know, I feel like we have a pretty good chance. Well, lo and behold it, um, as you know, luck would have, we had just some terrible weather move in. So like both of them came in that evening. So we didn't get to start hunting until the next morning and, uh, morning comes and it's not raining yet, but it is windy. I mean, it is, extra windy. It is Kansas Plains windy. So um, we went in the dark, kind of close to where I started the day before, where we knew a turkey should be. uh, And the wind broke just long enough for us to hear a turkey gobbling uh, down at the bottom. And well, the significance of that is, is so the morning before uh, like I said, if y'all haven't heard us talking about before, Kudzu Bluffs is in the hills. Um, there's kind of an area in Mississippi where there's the hills and then there's like a really, really hard to find line where it drops down and it goes straight into the Mississippi Delta. And the Mississippi Delta is obviously very flat. Um, but the the contrast between the two is is very, very heavy because uh, like if if I were to take some of y'all or if I could show some of y'all these areas in Kudzu – um, that we're hunting, it doesn't look like any hills like that are typical to to many areas across the southeast. I mean, these are some steep, winding ridges and um, ha- and very deep bottoms. But I- anyhow, the the morning before the turkey that I li- that I heard first, the turkey that we were kind of going to was roosted kind of on top of a ridge, and I knew with the wind that we had blowing, I was like the chances of him roosting on top of a ridge again are pretty slim. He's going to be in a bottom somewhere. So. Um, like I said, the wind broke for a short moment and we actually did hear a turkey goblin way down there in that bottom. Uh, we made an initial setup. Um, I was sitting with Clay cause I was filming. He was hunting. Wilbur dropped back and started calling. Uh, the, the good thing about it is the further we went down that ridge toward the bottom, we actually got a little bit of break from the wind enough so that we could hear the turkey, but we heard him. Um, let's say he would have been. He was answering us, but he was—he wasn't like traveling, like hard traveling. But you could tell he was just kind of drifting to the west, like just—and which was the way that that bottom kind of runs. And so we made the choice to bail on our first setup, um, get back on the top, work, um, work ourselves west, and kind of either get directly above him or almost in front of him, um, above him and in front of him a little bit, if that makes any sense. But uh anyhow we we start to make this loop and as we get closer to where we think even is we can hear the turkey gobbling still and we get set up and we're almost we're pretty much directly above the turkey. And uh we get set up as we're sitting at the tree, the turkey's still gobbling, so I think we're in a really good shot and I'm like, man, well this may this may happen on the first morning, who knows? Um kind of the same setup. I'm sitting close to Clay, Wilbur's back behind us, Wilbur goes to Colin. Um, As soon as Will starts calling, and this is significant, as soon as Will starts calling, the turkey gobbling ceases, like stops. I do not hear the turkey gobble a single time after he started calling. And we're like, well, I know we didn't spook him because he had been gobbling like, and and he was probably, he was less than 200, somewhere between 150 and 175 maybe. Um, He had been gobbling since we had been sitting down. And so I was, and I was like, so we we didn't spook the turkey. I feel confident about that. Um, but will keeps calling, and um, this is one of those times where like've I've had this issue with myself before. I need to learn to rely on my my instincts or what my gut feeling is, or if I think I hear something, I need to kind of act off of that rather than doubting myself. So I thought I heard something walking in the leaves and i looked over that direction and and so kind of frame this up for y'all if i'm i'm sitting on a tree looking kind of looking angling down the ridge down towards the bottom where we heard the turkey goblin clay is directly to my left about five yards and then directly behind me wilbur is about 30 yards back there and this walking that i'm hearing is happening straight off my left shoulder. So dead in line with Clay, but also to Clay's left as well. And I look that direction for a little while and I don't hear it anymore. And I quickly discount it, which could have been a costly mistake. Um, we sit there for a little while longer. I don't hear anything. And then I start to hear the walking again, but this time it's, it's not ignorable. I'm like, that is walking. I'm certain. Uh, the problem now is it's not directly off my left shoulder anymore. It's like, it's like uh somewhere between off my left shoulder and directly behind me. So he's like diagonal back off my left shoulder. And I like ease my head around and look, and I can see a red head and my heart initially drops because I think it's a long bearded Turkey. And uh, the way that he's coming up, he's going to be not only, not only is he going to be behind clay and I, but he's going to be between us and will. So there's not going to be any swinging to shoot, obviously. Um, luckily, what it turned out to be was like six jakes and one hen. I think what happened, and any of you out there that have had you know enough experiences with turkeys or, or jakes, whatever, will, will probably understand what I'm saying. Um, I think what happened is the turkey that we heard gobbling was a jake the entire time. Um, some you know you'll hear folks say that you can distinguish a jake gobble uh, from a long beard, you know, an adult male turkey gobbler uh, gobble and sometimes you can sometimes a jake will gobble and you're like oh yeah that's a jake yeah 100% that's a jake but um there are times like turkeys turkeys are one of those things like like many other aspects of hunting turkeys are one of those things where there's like there's no definites a lot of times so I've heard I I, not not nearly as often but I I've seen long beards that you hear them gobble and you would think it was a jake until you see them um also there was uh but there are instances where a jake will have a gobble that is indistinguishable from an adult um and so another thing about that is uh sometimes you'll have these jakes come gobbling in the whole way acting like they're big and bad more often than not um when i've seen this with a jake And I I don't really know why they do this. I don't know if there's any, like, sort of biological or turkey behavioral reason why they would act this way. Maybe someone like Dr. Chamberlain could answer this. But I've seen this. Like, I remember the first time I saw this particular type of behavior, I was in high school hunting with, uh, I think I was hunting with Keith Polk, actually, who you ever heard me talk about a lot before. But we were on these these turkeys, and uh, they answered us. They answered us um, as we were moving towards them. And the last time we called at them and they answered, they were probably 200 yards away and we closed in. And when we started yelping and we were close, there was zero gobbles. And then about 20 minutes later, here they come and it's two Jakes. That's just, I I don't know why they do it. Like I said, I can't sit here and say I know why they do it, but that's just very textbook Jake behavior. They gobble, they gobble, you get close, you yelp, they stop gobbling, they just show up. Um, and so that's that's what I think happened. I don't think we ever had a long-bearded turkey. I think we were just getting fooled uh, by a full goblin, Jake. So that's how that morning played out. And then the tsunami moved in. And I mean, like, like bad, bad weather. Like, Will, Clay, and I were sitting in this kudzu camphouse, house going, uh, I hope we're okay. <laughs> um, there was some serious straight-line winds, which um, – the next day, like I said, that, that that took place the rest of the day. So the rest of day one, like we had that morning hunt with the Jakes, and that was it. It was over. Um, day two, the weather moved out, and it was a beautiful day. Uh, however, I guess the turkeys did not agree with the beauty of the day. We, we got on a turkey on the roost, and he gobbled extremely well on the roost, and that was pretty much it. Um like i said unless you want to you want to run uh the possibility that it was another jake because uh he was gobbling extremely well on the roost we were set up on him we were probably around 120 yards from him uh will went to yelping and that turkey went silent so that could have been another jake as well and he just never showed up but uh who knows um but that i mean as far as turkey activity goes that's about as much action as we had the entire day and we had good weather so we tried the entire day uh did not stop trying until the very end of that day the only other bit of glimmer of hope that we had is uh we struck a hen and this hen started carrying and i mean like carrying on in this bottom cutting yelping kiki and me and you know we were all looking at each other we're like What do you think the chances are she's got a gobbler with her? Because she is cutting up and we're hearing nothing. But she was the only game in town. So we sat up, sat down, yelped. She came in. Sure enough, she was by herself. I don't know why, but, I mean, she was yelping, cutting up, calling up a storm. She stood five yards in front of clay, clucking and everything. And we're like, well, I guess we ought to go to another spot because I don't think there's a gobbler around here, (laughs) at least one that's interested. Um, But, yeah, that was day two um move on to day three and uh day three we only had um day three we had just a morning and then and then that was it It, but day three man that well i say day three morning three uh was more or less it kind of rubbed salt in the wound And, and here's why i say that so we the The consensus we came to, which if y'all are turkey hunters, y'all understand, turkey hunters are keen on trying to make excuses for turkeys. Like if the turkeys don't gobble, we'll try to figure out why. And so what we had assigned to why the turkeys acted so weird on the pretty weather day on day two is we were like, you know, we have seen it before where you have bad weather come through, the next day's good weather, but it's like the turkeys are just not calibrated back yet. But we were like, well, morning three – This is the second good weather day in a row, so they should be doing good. Um, So we hike into a spot on our last morning, and we hear two different turkeys, but both of them sound like they're a country mile away and on property that we are unable to hunt. Um, When we should have been hearing uh, turkeys, you know, well within uh, the bounds that we could hunt, uh, but they, they they either weren't there or they didn't gobble, I don't know. Um, And so we decided to go to a spot of kudzu that we had not been to all week. Uh, We start working our way down this very steep hill. Um, At at this point in the morning, it's probably like 8 o'clock, maybe a little bit later. But uh, I owl, and a turkey answers the owl way, way down in the bottom. And so spark of hope, you know, just, you know, like, okay, we're back in the game. Work our way down to the bottom. um, Have to walk across this old food plot. And we hear the turkey gobble again on his own. And he is kind of around the point of this ridge that we're looking at. Uh, and up the side, I think he was kind of up on another ridge that paralleled the one that we were looking at. Uh, but he was about, I don't know, 170. And uh, we felt very comfortable. We could hear hens with him, but he was gobbling enough. We were like, this is actually a good chance if we can just kind of ease up to the point of this ridge. Where we can see across there, there's enough uh cover we can get there um we we all stood there and discussed this, so Clay and I start moving to sit down. will starts dropping back, and I mean, like as will is walking through the leaves to his tree, the turkey's steadily gobbling, and I'm you know, in my head, I'm going like, man, you know, we may actually have a chance on this one. This is the best opportunity we've had the entire trip, and um I mean, like as I'm setting my tripod up, I can still hear the turkey gobbling just oh, and I'm like, man, this is great. Um I went to setting my camera up and I kind of just backlogged it in the back of my mind. I'm like, That turkey hasn't gobbled in a while. I wonder why that is. Uh and then Will goes to yelping, no answer. And I'm like, Man, something's happened. I don't know what, but something has happened. And about that time Clay looks up at me and he goes, I guess that deer did mess him up, didn't it? And I said, What deer? And Clay said, you didn't see that deer booger when we were sitting down? I was like, nope, I sure didn't. Uh, so apparently, um, you know, I'm a fan of white-tailed deer. I do often find myself wishing that white-tailed deer would go uh, hide in a tunnel or become fully nocturnal creatures during the spring months because they can sure booger up a turkey hunt. But yeah, apparently while we were sitting down, there was a deer nearby that did not like us being there at all. And didn't run directly at the turkeys, but ran enough their direction that it seemed to pretty much spoil that whole deal. So, um, that was that. Uh, that that kind of concluded our trip. We had a good time. Uh, that was the first time I got to spend any real time around Clay, Will and I both. Uh, we had a fantastic time. Great guy. Um, hopefully, we'll have him in camp again. Um, And that moves us to, at that point, it was towards the end of the week. And that moves us towards the weekend's festivities that had its own bit of action. So um, my older brother, Brett Pickle, um, Brett started showing interest in turkey hunting starting last spring, spring of 2021. Uh, I don't know if I've ever described this on this podcast before, but like I kind of, like I, I very much grew up in an outdoors family. Like we we fished, we deer hunted, um some during rifle season, we would dove hunt on Labor Day weekend as many people in the southeast do. Uh but turkey hunting is something that I kind of um uh, I mean I didn't figure it out on my own. I, I definitely had help and then there was some figure but but anyhow what I'm getting at is uh I could take that rabbit hole a long, long way. But the the main point that I'm trying to get at is that uh when I got into turkey hunting, there was no one in my immediate family that, that did that as well. I was kind of an, an island, so to speak. So, um my my dad and my brother, uh Brent never really showed a whole lot of interest in it. Uh, my dad went with me a lot (laughs) mainly when my dad went with me when we were younger it's because I didn't know how to drive and I needed someone to like take me out there so me and dad you know went a bunch but Brett just never really had a whole bunch of interest until last spring he started asking questions about it and so we have been in the pursuit since spring of 21 to get him his first turkey Uh, and so this past Saturday I talked to Brett because I mean Brett wants to shoot his first turkey, and and me, you know, me and my older brother were very close, very good friends, and uh, me having the affections and fondness of turkey hunting that I do, when I hear someone like my brother wants to kill a turkey, I'm that that fires me up. I'm like, yeah, let's get you a turkey. We should definitely do that. So I had been actively uh, pursuing ways or trying to find ways that we could make that happen, and so I talked to Brett. I said, hey man, I've got a rare you know, free Saturday or free Saturday morning or whatever. Like, if you want to, let's, let's try to get back on this turkey wagon. Let's see if we can get you a turkey. And, uh, he's like, yeah. So we, we line it out. We, uh, hop in the truck Saturday morning and, uh, get to our spot. And, uh, you know, the morning started out relatively slow which is not was kind of expected because the weather the the, the weather pattern for saturday where we were is that it was going to kind of be crummy overcast until like seven and then it was supposed to clear up get sunny and pretty um not as not as humid you know tur- more turkey weather and so i you know i told him i said man because the first you know when we were going last year um we had a lot of good gobbling mornings. And so, you know, I was telling him, you know, like, don't be discouraged. If we don't hear a lot of turkeys on the limb, I'm not really expecting to. We ended up hearing one turkey gobble on the limb, which was encouraging. Um, but where he was at was, was pretty open. Um, and the turkeys weren't gobbling much at all. And so I elected to, I was like, Hey man, let's just sit right here. Uh, kind of on this road intersection. I know the turkeys use this road, Uh, let's just sit here, chill out, call a little bit. And if at the very least wait for the the day to get better. Um, and so we can kind of move more confidently and not be worried about spooking stuff. Um, and so we sat there for a little while, nothing really ever happened. Heard some turkeys gobble way off and heard one turkey gobble, um, towards this field that I knew about. And so I kind of, like I said, just kind of cataloged that and I was like, well, you know, if nothing plays out here after it clears up and we can feel better about moving, that's kind of the direction that, that we can go, um. And anyway, uh, so we end up moving towards that field. And like to try to kind of frame this up so it makes sense, uh, we got into this scope of hardwoods that run along the edge of this field. And full disclosure, this field, uh, we do not have permission to hunt on. And so turkeys will get in that field, but for us to... Legally and ethically, hunt them. They have to be out of that field and come into the woods with us. Which again, I, I have zero problem doing. I, you know, if a turkey's on somewhere that I can't hunt, you know, I'll still hunt him, quote unquote. I'm just not gonna trespass. If I can call him onto where I am, I'm I'm completely fine with that. I think most people would be. But just so you kind of know the frame of mind where we're at. So we're working through these woods, and uh, we get to a spot where the woods kind of drop down into a bottom, and uh, the field that we're kind of working more or less along the, I mean, not really the edge, we're probably 80 yards off the edge of the field, uh, there's kind of a finger of trees that juts out into the field, and it forms kind of this cove at the very back, which is a uh, a spot where those turkeys are, are known to hang out at, and so I yelped uh once didn't hear anything then yelped again got louder uh, and kiki'd and yelped louder and a turkey gobbled in that field and so we start working our way towards the bottom and uh we get to where i can kind of see into that back part a little bit i mean i could see it with my naked eyes but if i if i glass i can kind of see what's out there um and the turkeys you know we got down to that bottom i yelped again the turkey gobbled the turkey's under 200 yards um but with the way the property line played, I was like, this is not a good setup. Because if even if the turkey comes, the turkey could come well within shotgun range and still be on the property that we couldn't hunt. So I'm like, this isn't going to work. So uh, what we did is kind of worked. We made a wide loop. Uh, the creek, there's like this little drainage creek, not a full-blown creek, but like a little drainage that kind of makes a wide loop um, around kind of around the field and connects at the bottom of this ridge. And you then you can jump on that ridge and kind of walk up it. And when you get to the top of that ridge, you become even with that field. And if the turkey is going to exit that field and come to you, it's pretty easy for him to do it because he just has to walk out of the field and and kind of stays on the same plane, doesn't have to walk uphill or downhill. It just kind of walks down that ridge and can come right to you. And that was kind of my mindset, so to speak. Um it take a little it took a little time to make that move, um, just because there was a lot of, of blowdowns and stuff along that creek and we were trying to be quiet and take our time. And so by the time we work our way up that ridge, we got up there and called uh called and a turkey gobbled. Um and this time when I called two turkeys gobbled, so I'm like, okay, there's two turkeys out there. And um uh what it basically we, we sat down we were on the top of the ridge and we tried, you know like let's try it here first because the woods are relatively open Didn't want to just be walking through that open ridge thinking they could see us from the field in there we we're just trying to play it safe um, and tried to call them from there they answered but you know not really much doing and so i'm like okay let's move up the ridge more let's 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 you know push in and so we're probably about Say so, yeah, I mean, like, we probably moved probably about 70 yards off the field edge and go to calling again. And, um, again, I'm, I'm hearing two turkeys gobble every now and then, but most of the time it would be one turkey that gobbled. So, you know, it told me what this is the scenario that I had built up in my head is I was like there's probably some hens and two longbeards out there. Well, um, they got to, you know, they, they, they didn't, you know, we weren't really calling to them a whole lot. Uh, and they got to the point where they would gobble on their own, but they were further away. And so I'm like, okay, those hens are, you know, taking them another direction. And we sat there probably 30 minutes, and then they gobbled again. and They were even further, and I was like, okay, uh, they're making a move, so we need to probably move too. And that's why I was telling Brett. But I was like, let me, um, let me ease up here, you know, where I can glass out here better and make sure there's nothing in this field. So I just start easing um, towards where there's like a spot on that ridge where I could, where I thought I could see a good bit of that field without it being blocked by some, you know, some briars and bushes and stuff. And I'm walking and all of a sudden I see, you know, a, a gobbler out there in the field. I mean, he's a way out, he's a ways out there, but he was, um, like in a three quarter strut. So I knew exactly what it was. Luckily I had a tree near me. So I just kind of melted into that tree and signaled to Brett to stay back. And, um, I put together what had happened is there was again there was two long beards and a group of hens, and all the hens and one long beard started to drift away. But this one long beard had become very interested in what he had been hearing on that ridge, Um, and I see him out there. He's probably about 120 yards in the out in the field. Uh, I'm looking at him. I'm glassing. He would strut and then he'd crane his neck up and he would look over our direction. And so I'm motion into brett to get sat back down and um that's when the the chess game so to speak started um i had to kind of crawl on my on my hands and knees because obviously i didn't want the turkey to see me i thought i was pretty safe because at that point the sun had come out so i was you know it's sunny out in that field we were shaded in the woods so i was like you probably can't see in here very good but i don't really want to risk it so i was crawling to where i could get closer to brett where i could communicate with him and then i'd ease up on a tree, peek out there, make sure he was still there. Um, but once we got to where I felt comfortable, um, I just started, you know, like I said, I never really got hard on him. I was thinking in this kind of situation, he's already, if he's, if he's let all those other turkeys leave and he's staying out there by himself, then he's got some serious intrigue in what he's, you know, and what we're doing. So, um, I would call a little bit and I'd watch him strut and then, you know, he, he, he was kind of working, he was moving, but he wasn't moving towards us at first. He was just kind of angling to the right, just kind of par, you know, just really walking to the right not really getting any closer. Uh, at one point I remember yelping a little bit louder and he gobbled and then when he gobbled, he'd, he'd stick that neck up and he would look, he was trying so hard to see into that ridge and trying so hard to get the hens he was hearing, uh, to come to him. And so, I, I mean... I probably, you know, I yelped at him, I think, if I remember correctly, what I did uh, is he had just been drifting to the right nothing else. And so for a little while, I would yelp relatively, you know, not loud, but louder than I'd been yelping, and he would answer, and then I would answer him immediately. So I would yelp, he would gobble, and I'd answer him, and then he would gobble, and I'd answer him. I let him do that probably four or five times, and then I just stopped. Um, and when that happened, you could see him. It, it was really cool because I got to I, I got to watch how he reacted because, you know, like I said, we can't get on that field edge because um, we can't do that. It's, uh, you know, he has to come into the woods with us. And so we didn't have a, a decoy to show him or anything. It was just us and the turkey trying to fool him enough to come take a look. And so it was cool to be able to watch how he read the situation. And after that time of making him, you know, gobble those five times and just going quiet, uh, he would still strut and crane his neck up, but he was doing it just way more frantically. Like he would strut, then he'd stick that neck up and he'd look and then he'd strut. It was just happening, uh, in just really quick succession, which was super interesting to watch. Um, and that went on for a while. He would strut and you could tell he was drumming cause he would vibrate and he would do that. And he did that for a few minutes and then he stopped and he just broke strut and started walking, um, towards us. And so I told Brett, I said, he's coming. Um, but what he did is he walked and he probably got to about 75 yards and just stopped and just just stopped and he really wasn't strutting as much anymore he was just looking like he, he almost seemed like he was it, it I mean obviously this is speculation but it almost looked like he was getting borderline agitated you know he was like what's going on like because the whole when he got to that 75 yard mark give or take He was no longer – I mean, he would strut, but it it wasn't nearly that. He was mainly just standing there, and he was just looking around and looking and looking. And I probably let him do that, I want to say, for about ten minutes uh, without calling. Now, I would scratch in the leaves some. I had my wing, and I would scratch around in the leaves, and you'd see him, he'd twist his head around, and he would look, wanting to figure out where that was. Um after 10 minutes you know I started did I started to get a little bit worried I was like man I don't want him to just lose interest and leave um, and so i I took my hand and and cupped it around my mouth so as to when I would yelp it would angle it kind of towards where Brett was and I as softly as humanly possible as well as softly as I could humanly possibly do I clucked twice and yelped three notes just Just super soft, and he hammered. I mean, just just, and then he gobbled, and then just started dead walking right towards us. And so I told Brett, "He's coming." Like he's, I was like, "He's coming this time." I mean, you could just tell his whole demeanor changed. He just started marching our direction. The only issue was, is instead of coming in a dead line, he was kind of angling to the right a little bit, and so the the role that i took is i was like you know brett's pointing you know brett was positioned basically dead at him if he angles to the right you know that's not the most comfortable position for a shooter and so my my plan was is i was going to let him you know scratch in the leaves and hopefully get him to veer my direction which would bring him in front of brett so the turkey comes he's marching our direction um, and, you know, how this goes, like when it started, you know, he'd been out there. And we'd been doing this for so long. But when it started to happen, it all started happening really fast. And he starts marching, and I'm telling Brett that he's coming. Um, and then I lost him for a little while. You know, there was a lot of, like, brush, uh, cane-type stuff on the edge of that field. Uh, and Brett go, Brett's going, I can see him, I can see him. I'm like, let him come, let him come. Um, the turkey comes into the woods with us. He is completely and fully okay for us to uh, shoot at this point. Um, not only is he doing that, but he is doing what I hoped he would do, you know, because I'm scratching the leaves. He comes into the woods with us and then starts walking at me, uh, walk, you know, walking to me, which would bring him in front of Brett, uh, at which point the way that he moved, I could not see the turkey anymore. And so I whispered to Brett, can you kill him? And I hear Brett go, kill him. Like, like, kill him? You know, like asking me a question. And I said, can you kill him? And he said, I can kill him. I, you know, so, something along those lines. Again, it all happened really fast. And I I just hear Brett saying, yeah, I can kill him or something like that. So I'm like, kill him. I hear a boom. And I sit up on my knees and I see a turkey running off into the bottom. And my heart drops down into the dead leaves that we were sitting in. Um, We... You know, went over there, did our due diligence. I don't think, unfortunately, very unfortunately, I do not think that that turkey got touched. Uh, I think it was a combination of a couple of things. Uh, I think him having Brett having to shoot to the right um, which, you know, he's a right-handed shooter so he had to swivel a little bit which it's more uncomfortable when you have to do that. Uh, I think that messed him up a little bit. I think there was a little bit of excitement involved and then I think When I um, asked him if he could kill him, I think he was more or less thinking that I was saying you need to kill him right now, you know, so I think he – which was, you know, my bad there. I probably should have been a little bit better on the the coaching end of things. Uh, But I think it made him maybe rush the shot a little bit. Who knows? I mean, but the turkey was under 40 yards. I think I stepped it off at 39 steps, so 38 somewhere between 35 and 40 you know very much within a, a killable range um so obviously that was not the best that was <laughs> not the desired outcome i felt terrible uh for brett uh because you know hunts like that don't happen all the time um rarely you know especially on someone's second year of trying to kill a turkey down here in mississippi do you get to see a hunt like that which is what i you know that was kind of where we landed on you know like well you know, at least you didn't wound the turkey, then we would have felt like even more awful, um, and two, you know, we still got a full-blown show out of the deal, because it was a gorgeous, gorgeous hunt, absolutely gorgeous hunt, the shot just didn't come through right there at the end, but, uh, Yeah. I mean, if anything, I think it motivated him more and we're not by any stretch of the imagination giving up. You know, I fully intend to keep on trying and Lord willing, we'll close the chapter on Brett's first turkey this spring. I fully intend to, or I fully intend to give it maximum effort. I can put it like that. Um, last part of the conversation on catching y'all up with what's been going on. I went hunting with Brad Ferris, uh, yesterday morning and it gave me all kinds of hope for the rest of the turkey season because those turkeys were cutting up like a new pair of scissors uh that was the best goblin morning that i have heard um the entire spring uh the the problem was and i don't know what the deal has been with us and property lines lately but it's like just where the turkeys were roosted at like again like brett's turkey we had to fight a property line to be able to do it the right way um yesterday morning with brad i watched a long bearded Turkey, strut, and gobble at 25 yards yesterday in the wide open. But he came in like he was he was on a property that, that we could not legally kill him on. So it's like one of those things where, uh you know, some of you are asking, like, well, why did you set up that way? Like, we kind of really didn't have a choice. Like, without going into, like, too much detail, but just, you know, that was the best spot for us to set up and have a chance for where those turkeys were roosted. Obviously, we tried moving after that, but it was – that was really our only option, and we knew when we sat down, like, this is a risk that we're running, but what do you do? That's where the turkeys are. Um, so, um, I mean, it was a fun hunt. The The craziest thing that happened, so the craziest thing that happened is that um, we moved on a turkey, ended up getting on a ridge in the hardwoods, and this turkey was gobbling, I mean, just pow, pow, I mean, just gobbling very good on his own, and we sit down and the turkey just stops. And we're like, what in the world happened? And Brad and I had been yelping. Uh, and I heard something. I look over and I see this black silhouette pop up on the ridge. Uh, and I realize that I'm looking at a black coyote. And if y'all want to see proof of this, I posted it on, uh, the Primo's page. I posted it on my Instagram page. I think Brad posted it on his Instagram page as well. Um, I have seen this like I some you know, I've heard some people on Instagram, you know, they're like, I see black coyotes all the time. Well, I don't, you know. Um are they're, they're what I you know, the research I looked up, you know, when you see a black coyote that's referred to um, you know, melanistic or melanism, uh, it's it's not like incredibly rare, but it's not common either. It's definitely more on the rare side to see, you know, a melanistic coyote. Uh but this thing is what stop the turkey from gobbling, and then he was about to try to stop us from gobbling. I don't think he had success with killing either. He didn't have success in killing me or Brad. <laughs> um, and so another thing that, that questions we were getting, and like, as y'all are listening to this, you're probably wondering, like, well, did y'all shoot the coyote? That's what we've been getting asked on Instagram as well. Well, uh, Brad had the shotgun, and that thing is coming at us, and Brad thought that he was looking at a house dog, and not a coyote. Because, I mean... I, And if you look at the picture, you'll see what he means. I mean, definitely when you think coyote, like when you just think of your standard coyote, this is not the image that pops up in your head. Uh, I personally have seen a coyote like this one other time in my life. Um, And that's why, like you can, if we ever use the whole footage, you'll hear it. Like as soon as it popped over the ridge, I immediately said coyote. And the only reason I knew that is because I'd seen one of these. uh, I was a 10th grader in high school hunting on a deer camp. And it was, it's funny how it played out because it's a very similar situation. I wasn't sitting down, but I was turkey hunting. I'd heard a turkey, and I was moving towards a goblin turkey. I pop up over this ridge. I had just yelped uh, and was walking. And so I imagine that the coyote that I ran into was doing the same thing the one that the one did to Brad and us yesterday. He thought he was coming to a turkey hen and was trying to get him a meal. But me and him, I top this ridge, and I see this black critter running at me and i just remember these piercing yellow eyes i remember that like it just burned into my brain and so same thing happened yesterday when this thing pops over the ridge the first thing i see are those yellow eyes and i'm like that's a coyote i've seen that before i know what that is um but yeah he did not get shot uh, i'd be lying if i said i uh didn't wish that he did like i'm <laughs> so sorry like, uh, but i i mean i understand like brad had never seen uh, a black coyote like that before and so he didn't want to be shooting someone's dog uh but um so that was pretty wild and uh you know not really the turkey hunt didn't play out the way that we wanted it to but you know who knows but anyhow that about catches us up on all the action that has happened between here and there in the past week's time uh like i said we're dealing with some severely crummy weather today but um tomorrow's gonna look good and i think brad and will and jordan and myself are planning on getting back after them um so yeah if you are in a state where turkey season has opened already i hope you've gotten a chance to get out i hope you've gotten a chance to take a shot at some i hope you've killed some if you are still anticipating your season opening up uh you know hang in there it's got to be getting close when we get into the month of april you get more close to everybody being able to get out and hunt them so Um, Y'all stay safe. Y'all stay fired up. This is the best time of year as far as I'm concerned. We will be back here next week. Thank all of you so very much for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.